Welcome to the Landscaping Podcast. My name is Joel Barnett and I'm your host. And today's episode is the 45th of the interim lives that we've done, even though I said that last week. It was actually the 44th last week. Uh, also going to be the final one that we do because the demand is is uh, less than what the supply is of these podcast questions. So I appreciate everyone who submitted one over the journey. I think that the, if you average out, there was maybe eight questions at least an episode there's 40 odd episodes there's over 300 questions so it's not surprising that the questions have run out but uh but i have enjoyed doing it and we've got uh five or six tonight also had five or six from peter donegan but none of them are suitable to be read out so i won't be reading out any from peter but i appreciate those questions all the same uh this week's guest He's also got what the uh, one of the last questions is Andy Watkins from Leaf by Leaf. So it was a very fun chat with Andy. I had a couple of chuckles during that chat and also even though I knew what was coming up when I was editing and I was laughing again. So hopefully everyone else enjoys that as much as I did. Uh, but the first question we've got is from Aaron McKillop and he said, how much detail do you give in your quotes and how much time do you spend on your quotes? It's a good question to start with because uh, that it varies quite a bit from landscaper to landscaper. So some people put a lot of detail in and some put hardly any. Uh, and I think it's better to put in, you don't want to go too crazy, but you want to have enough in there so that the client knows what they're getting and uh, so that they can compare apples with apples with other quotes if they're getting them, but, but more so just so that everyone's on the same page because you don't want them to think that they were going to get something that they weren't. Uh, you can go too far, though. Uh, like if you, for example, put in how many square metres of paving that is going to be there and then they measure it more accurately than what you did and, you've, and it's actually um, less than what you've written down in your quote, then they might ask for some of your some money to be removed off the final invoice amount. So I don't include square meterages of or any volume or measurements of, of what's included in the quote. Um, so the same deal, if there's um, pavers left over, the the client might, like you might want to give them to the client, um, but, yeah, they uh, they can also be handy for you to use on other jobs. So you might want to include that in your in your quote that the um, any excess pavers are, are the landscapers or, or whatever, but... Um, but yeah, you just want to have enough information in there that, so that everyone knows what's included and what what they're getting, um, but not so much that they can start questioning on what you're charging. Uh, and it's not not for anything that, that anyone's hiding in their quotes, but you don't want to have to explain to them how you work out your hourly rate so that they can you know what because then they might say, "Well, how much you're charging per hour?" and then you've got to go into a conversation about all that, and it's just not necessary to to go into that much detail. But you also want to, you don't want to just give them a price and say, landscaping, X amount, and that's your quote. So you need to say, you know, like I break mine down so that each section is itemized. So I'll have excavation is this amount, uh, pool coping is this amount, paving is this amount, steppers is this amount. So I'll break those different paving sections up into different areas. Uh, garden beds is X amount, which is just the soil and mulch and edging. Uh, plants is a separate one. Um, what else would there be? If there's any like a clothesline or letterbox, I'll probably do that on its own. 
Uh, something I definitely do is if there's um, if it's got domestic building insurance. So some people like when I was getting my building license, they said you should just um, lose that within the other amounts. But I don't see, I don't understand why you would do that. I include it as a separate item because I have to charge for it. So they need to know that I'm charging that, and that might be compared to another landscaper who's not registered, so they're not charging that amount. Yeah, you don't charge it on every job, even if they're over sixteen thousand dollars. So it varies on on the projects. But if you are having to charge it, then you show it as a, as a separate item. So then that that could even get them to say, "What's this about?" And then you can explain to them because this job's done in conjunction with the building or renovation of a house, or it's because it's got a permit and the job's over sixteen thousand dollars. Then we have to include that in the uh, in the quote. So uh, it can be a good. Uh, education piece for them as well so um but yeah so i do get a little bit detailed in in the quotes but nothing over the top and they probably like i'd be surprised if they take more than two hours to do um so that like every now and then we'll get a big one that will take more than that but i can't think of one ever taking more than four hours and that that's like the biggest one we would have done, uh, and a lot of that is just because I still do it old school. I'll just print it out and using a scale ruler to measure it all. Um, whereas smarter people would use something like Build Exact, where you can measure off on the screen and scale it on the screen and give you you get your um, areas that way. But uh, it's all worked well for me so far, um, and and I know a lot of the prices off the top of my head already, and then. You just want to continually keep increasing that amount as the prices go up. All right. And the next question is from Simon at the Planted Space saying, how have you gone rehoming your Mifcus plants? Uh, pretty good. So most of them went to Kurt from Urban Elements. Uh, so we did a bit of a bit of a deal there, a bit of bartering, old school style. Um, so yeah, there's a fair few going there, a fair few still at the shed, uh, and I sold a couple as well. So that's all that's worked out pretty well. I was, I thought they were all going to die. So, uh, happy to have been able to use up as many as what I've done. Uh, I've used a couple on projects as well that were designed and built, uh, and also some other designers built and yeah, it's gone pretty well. So there's still, I got a lot of the, uh, Bartlettinas there. Um and hydrangeas as well. So they're what's mostly there. But they're all looking pretty good and getting protected. So get getting watered pretty often. So they're all looking after themselves pretty well. Um and, and there's yes, we're just about to build a um pergola out the back of the shed as well for the for our trailer to, to sit on and using some of the timber that we kept from the garden show. Uh, so that'll get to good use there, and they'll give we can put some stuff out out there undercover that's have been uh, sitting in the shed, so they get more room in the shed then as well. So a double win there. Next question is from Dan Foreman saying, "Is Christmas the end of the world as we know it?" Asking on behalf of some inquiries. Uh, it is for quite a few people, uh, particularly ones who are inquiring about new projects, but it's also good to sort of have a bit of understanding on people who are 
calling up at this time of year looking to get work done before Christmas, knowing they're probably desperate uh, and they're feeling bad enough about themselves having to um, having leaving it this late and they might have someone like a partner putting pressure on them saying oh, you were supposed to organise this earlier or whatever. So it's good to have a bit of compassion for people who are in that situation and um, treat them with as much respect as what you'd like to be treated with because uh, it's, yeah, like I, when I'm wanting to get something done, uh, and a lot of clients are like this, you've been thinking about it for a long time, and then when you decide you're going to get it done, then you want it done as soon as possible. So it's certainly not a, an unnatural thing for people to be uh, thinking, and it just so happens to be that it's Christmas time, but it's no different to someone wanting to get something else done any time of the year within a few weeks. Uh, and they don't necessarily work in the industry either, so they don't understand that how long things take to get done. And sometimes there are people who can do things in the time frame that they're asking them for. Even though that might only be 1% of the population of landscapers, it's still a possibility. So, um, yeah, it's just best to uh, treat, treat them with as much respect as you can and then you might end up getting the job at a uh, more convenient time frame to get it done in. So it's not the end of the world as we know it, though. But I did think of REM when he sent it, that, that question through. Now, Jack Lowry has said, what are your thoughts on companies liquidating and then re-entering the same industry with another name? Not a fan at all, obviously. Um, it's like when a, it should be like when a company sells, the, like when they when you sell your company, there's usually a clause in there that you can't operate in the same industry for a certain amount of time. But just like people who are liquidating, they do it, there's, there's ways around it. So you can just have... Yeah, like a like a de facto business partner who is is more the the person who's running the business, even though and like just in their name, but you're actually running it, or the person who's who was uh, running it when it was liquidated is actually running it, but just under someone else's name. So it's impossible to to stop people doing that for that reason because um, yeah, you can pay anyone anything, so you can pay your import an employee more than what the director's getting paid uh, because they're actually their director. So it's uh yeah, it's a horrible thing to to have happen, particularly when there's people who uh are left in the lurch like financially because of that uh person going getting liquidated. Like no one obviously wants to get liquidated either. But uh it's a bit too rude to to come back into the same industry after you've done that if you've left people high and dry like that so yeah not an ideal not not a good no no one is in that situation um i had another question about ai and i've had a few over the journey about ai and it it um got me thinking about something that happened when i worked at the bank um so when i worked there the um the bank brought in so i think i'd been there for a year maybe and then the bank brought in a superannuation account where customers could see the their super in their bank account, so like that, so on their net bank they could see their superannuation account, uh, so that they could then, um, you know, be more aware of it. You, you could add to it as well, but it's just more about being aware of it. So because uh, a lot of people just ignore their super, wouldn't have a clue what's in it. They've got multiple superannuation accounts, uh, so the bank brought that in and. Uh, so when you open up a new account, you talk to them about, you know, do you want to have your superannuation here? So, 
uh, and then we can combine all your other super so you're not paying fees on five different superannuation accounts. So that started when I was working there and it gave, like when I started the bank, everyone else knew more about all their uh, different accounts you could get at the bank than what I did because I was, I was just starting there and knew nothing. Uh, so I saw that as an opportunity to, um, to be a superstar of superannuation. So, um, and it, one of the things I loved working at the bank was all the stats they had. So you could see what accounts you opened and how much money was going into all of them and all sorts of different things about them. Uh, so I took it upon myself to be, yeah, I wanted to be number one in superannuation basically. So uh, I was helping a lot of people. There was so many, like nearly every person who came in had multiple superannuation accounts. So I was helping them to combine it into one or at least talking to them about it, whether that's with the bank or one of their one of their various super accounts. It was good getting getting them to combine them so they're paying less fees and also aware of you know what's in their super and whether they're paying insurance in that and somewhere else. So there's a lot of good things about um, making people aware of it. And what happened was I I think in when the stats came out, like it was Australia-wide, I think I was number, might have been 11 or 12, and then they found out that, uh, and, and I was just working at a branch, I think it was a tier, it's either tier three or tier four branch, and the tier one branches are the biggest branches, so like in the Geelong branch or the Melbourne CBD, there's heaps of uh, tier one branch. So the bigger the branch, the the lower the tier number. So ours was just a small branch, just in Torquay. Um, so the fact that I was, you know, that high up in the country was, I was pretty happy with that. Even though I wasn't number one, I was pretty pleased. And then um, they found out that there was a fella opening accounts for every person who came in, whether they wanted it or not, opening a new superannuation account. So that person obviously got a lot of strife and then they changed the account uh, metrics to people who had put money into, into their super account and then they readjusted the figures and I came in at number three in the country. So there was only two people more selling more accounts that people were actually using as well. So that's the way, the, the you know, long story short is when I started that, um, wanting to be the best at that it was because it was a new product and you can treat AI the same. So no one knows anything about AI in the landscaping industry at the moment. So it's a good opportunity for someone to really knuckle down and research it and understand as much as you can about it so that uh, so that you can be, you know, one of the most knowledgeable people about it on how to use it. Um, I don't know anything about it, so I can't say what particular path you should head down, but it's a good opportunity for for people to find something new. It's like when um, Bitcoin came out as well. Like pe- everyone just assumed it was going to be nothing, but if you had have looked into it and made a couple of purchases into Bitcoin in the early days, you'd be doing really well now. Um, so there's, yeah, there's, and you've got to pick and choose where you put your investments, but AI is definitely one that's not going to be going anywhere. So um, how you use it, not sure, but if you spend a lot of time researching it, I've got no doubt that you'll find a way that you could use it for the landscaping industry, whether that's design, probably more so design than anything else. But um, but I think you could do something and um, and be ahead of everyone else who's who's going to catch on when everyone else does it. So yeah, there was a yeah, just a thought I had during the week about 
a similar situation to what I've been into what, that you could do with AI. I don't have any time for it, so I won't be doing that. So there's one less person who you're going to have to compete with. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good idea if, if you, you know, over Christmas holidays, if you got if you get bored and you just want to think more about landscape design, then start thinking about different ways you could use AI for it and look at the different apps and start using some of the free ones and work out what you can do and how that would relate to making your life easier doing designs. And the last question is from this week's guest from Andy at Leap by Leaf. Is it too early to start saying have a great Christmas or have a great holiday season at the end of it? Emails slash invoices. So today is the 26th of November. Uh, if it's, No, I don't think it's too early. Definitely not too early if it's December. But, um, yeah, I think it'll help people realise what sort of time of year it is and how how much how little time left there is in the year. So um, I think it's a, a good time to start doing it. If you do it, I don't do anything different in my emails regardless of the time of year. But, um, yeah, I think it's a good thing to start doing and if, if you're going to start doing it at all. Um, but that was it. That was the last question, possibly forever on the Q&As, but that I've loved doing them. Having so much loved having to do them at a set time. But love love doing them and uh, any questions in the future, feel free to shoot me a message and I'll answer it more direct rather than waiting to ha- have the answer on a podcast. But thank you very much to everyone who ever submitted a question and make sure you have a listen to Andy's episode this week because it's a cracker and a lot of fun. Um, and we won't see you next week. <laughs>